This is episode 428. Stop needing so much reassurance in relationships with Michelle. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I want to thank all of you who have filled out the podcast survey. If you haven't done so, please go ahead and go to christinehasser.com slash survey. It's just questions about what you like about the podcast, how you listen to it. Um, we're thinking of changing the name, and I would just really, really love your feedback. When you fill the survey out, if you enter your name and email, you're entered into a contest to win a free half hour coaching session with me that will not be aired. It'll just be between you and I. So again, go to christinehasler.com slash survey to complete the survey. Today's show is a great one. I really go into how to get out of the loop of needing reassurance from someone else. It doesn't necessarily need to be in terms of relationships. We all can get stuck in this reassurance loop where we're worried, worried, worried about something get external reassurance, have temporary relief, and then like it comes up again. So if you can relate to that at all, if you can relate to that cycle at all, if you have jealousy or comparison or worry or anxiety, I think you're really going to get a lot of value from today's episode. As you're listening to this call with Michelle, consider, are you in a safe situation, a relationship, a career, but you're afraid you're going to lose it? As a child, was marriage and relationships not modeled to you in a great way? Do you need consistent reassurance? Otherwise you feel really unsettled. And finally, do you judge that part of you that needs consistent reassurance? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Michelle. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this week, which is Air Doctor. I really love Air Doctor air purifiers. I have one in Athena's room. It's the purifier that I trust. I mean, if I'm putting it in Athena's room, you know I trust it. So Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust, mites, and mold so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to capture 99.99 of tested bacteria and viruses. So we spend 90% of our time indoors. So sad. And when the weather gets colder or hotter, depending on where you live, you might spend more time inside. And do you know that indoor air can be as much of a hundred times more polluted than outdoor air? That's why having clean air is one of the fastest and easiest ways to improve your health. I love Air Doctor because it changes the way a room smells. I also love the auto feature. Like I've noticed if I go in Athena's room and I open the windows and maybe some allergens get in or dust gets blown around, the fan will automatically speed up because it's like, oh, there's more to filter here. It's so smart and so amazing. So here is your call to action. And it's really time to get peace of mind with Air Doctor. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. And for Black Friday, Air Doctor is offering a limited time exclusive deal to my podcast listeners with the promo code OVERIT23. You can save up to $350. off purifiers, 20% off filters, and get three-year extended warranty on any purifiers in your cart. 
That's amazing. Don't miss out on this amazing offer and head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code OVERIT23. Again, Air Doctor Pro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code OVERIT23. Michelle, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, so I am struggling with relationship anxiety. Mm. I am in a new relationship and everything's amazing and, you know, rainbows and butterflies right now. It's two months in, but I'm always looking for, oh, when is the shoe going to drop? When's the other shoe going to drop? Mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have this, oh, I, I, I think it's an addiction. I, I say it's an addiction because it feels like an addiction of always asking my romantic partners about their past relationships. Mm. We'll talk, be talking about something and just say, oh, so what was that like with your ex or a and I hate that I do that, but it just comes out. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's like I'm comparing all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. so what I'm hearing is that you just not feel don't feel safe in relationship. Oh, <laughs> yes. I guess it boils down to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, what does make you feel safe? What are the things you do? Because we all have things that we do to make ourselves feel safe. Sometimes they're not always the best things. Like one of the things that we may do to make ourselves feel safe is ask a lot of questions about a past to make sure that like, we're not going to end up being an ex like the other exes were, you know, it gives us a sense of control. So what are the things that you do that may not be the most like healthy (laughs) or desirable things, but what are the things that you do? to make yourself feel safe just on my own or in relationship let's talk about in relationship first okay what makes me feel safe Mm -hmm. what do you do to get a feeling of safety or reassurance um i like to be told i love you i'm committed to you i'm with you you know this is we're forever it just like Mm-hmm. I like to hear that over and over and over. Okay. And what are you scared of if you don't hear that? That they will just run out or abandon me. And what does that remind you of? It reminds me of, uh, well, I, I, I got divorced about 12 years ago. And uh, the reason for that was because um, there was some infidelity in the marriage. And when it first happened, it just, I was blindsided. Like I never in a million years thought that would happen to me. And when it did, it just rocked my world. Mm. Mm. So, but I mean, I've done a lot of work around it. I just, I just have this anxiety in my relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm just fearful. Yeah. Did you have any of that anxiety with your ex-husband? Did you need reassurance, need to be told you were 
this feeling that you're having now in relationships, did you have that in your marriage or has this been since your marriage? Um, more pronounced since my marriage. Um, but you know, there was some of it. Yeah. There was some of it in the marriage. Yeah. There was Mm -hmm. some of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would, I'd get a little jealous of, uh, if, you know, other women were a little too close for comfort, mm-hmm. but I guess I kept my kids, my kids distracted me from that. So I don't feel like it was a big issue back then. Mm. Mm. As because of, you were distracted. I was distracted. Yeah. Today and my kids are grown and out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 So this not feeling safe, wanting reassurance, having jealousy, waiting for the other shoe to drop, it probably, there's probably history or basically origin in your family of origin. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you've thought about this. Mm -hmm. What do you think from growing up is playing into this? Because what, what, when we are acting in a way that's out of alignment, with the reality of the situation. Like I'm sure your conscious grown-up self can go, I'm two months in. This person isn't giving me any indicators that they're leaving. They're showing that they like me. It's new in the relationship. We're getting to know each other. It's great to talk about past exes because you know we learn from them, but like we don't need to be obsessed with it. Like it is an inner child, a scared part of you that is having these fears and this anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Can you right. see like their your rational, conscious, grown-up self can look at it and go, really, there's nothing to be concerned about here. We're two months in. Can you see that? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. when you think about your family of origin, how do you think it contributes to this? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it <laughs> it definitely contributes. My brother, who I was very close to, he left the family and went and lived with my grandparents when I was about 10 or 11. And that just really made me very sad. Why did he leave? Because he liked the school better where my grandparents lived. And it was a little better than our home life. So he opted to go and live with them. And they they asked me to come too, but I didn't want to leave my mother and my little sisters. So mm-hmm. I stayed, I stayed back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what were your parents like? Well, they've had many marriages <laughs> between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yes. Multiples. How old were you when they split? Oh, like four, four or okay. five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And okay. my dad had many wives and he was out of town and I walked in on his wife and uh, another man having dinner. Mm. And I mentioned it to him and like two weeks later, they were you know done. I never saw her again. And then my mom did something similar. So, yes, it's it's kind of it's kind of like. It's in my bones. Yeah. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. Right. It has nothing to do with this, the circumstances. It's in your bones that someone's going to leave. And also, you have a story that relationships don't last. 
Yeah. That was modeled to you as, as a little kid. And not only did parents divorce and marry people, and maybe at one point you liked one of the other spouses and then they, they were gone and then brother left. And there's just like a, you're very familiar with the feeling of people leaving. Yes. And then we have the infidelity and we combine that with like this rug being pulled out from under you. So that then there's a story of like, wow, like not only can people leave, but something can be happening totally outside of my awareness. And all of a sudden a huge shoe can drop and my whole world can collide Yeah, or implode, not collide, implode. So I understand. I just needed to do a little digging to understand where this fear was coming from. So remember, we don't heal anything through judgment. We have so much compassion and go, of course, I feel this way. Of course, I'm super curious about his exes. One, you're protecting yourself. And two, you're like, oh my gosh, is this my parents? Is this guy just a serial relationship person? Is it going to be like dump me and onto the next? Like there's a lot of subconscious stuff going on that you're wanting to control through questioning, through through basically controlling, right? Right. The more information we think we have, the more in control we feel that we are. So I want you to have a lot of compassion and a lot of, of course,ness with this part of you, but know it's a part of you. It's not all of you. Mm-hmm. Because can you see that in this new relationship, there are times where you're just enjoying it? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah I'm enjoying it a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But that makes it even scarier. Right. Right. Yeah. Because you're really enjoying it. So, so I'm also, I'm, I'm in love with this man. mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now I'm really on the line. Mm. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, I mean, I give, I've gave him my heart. Well, you can't give anyone your heart. Right. (laughs) Opened up to love. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 And what makes him worthy of that? What makes him worthy of that? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, he's, I mean, he's shown, he's shown a ton of trust and loyalty and, and all the things that I need. He, he's always reassuring me, which I, I don't like, I don't like, but I do like, if you get that. He's just very emotionally aware because I think he kind of feels the same way I do, you know? Yeah. You think? Yeah, I know he does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He does. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, we're very similar and I just have so much fun with him and he makes me laugh so hard. Yeah. And I just really, I haven't felt this way since my ex-husband. Yeah. Well, and that can feel scary too, because then there's a part of you that goes and look how that turned out. Well, we were married 23 years. So mm-hmm. you know, it's, a long, it's a long time. It was a long time. Yeah. It was a long time. So I love hearing how your energy shifts when you talk about the relationship. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you've picked really, really well. Yeah. I, I really well. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to work with is just the of courseness compassion with the part of you that gets a little graspy. 
And what I mean by that is like, tell me, love me, tell me, love me, make sure I'm better than the exes. I don't want the den. Like, you know, like that part of you that gets scared because, because you love this person and because you feel such a strong connection to this person, that part of you is going to look for even more reassurance that it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. Right. He's going to look for more reassurance that the relationship isn't going to go away. I know. I feel like I'll tell myself, I'll I'll be, I'll say, okay, I just need to hear. I love you one more time today. And then I'm good. Right. And then I hear it and then I'm like, okay, I need to hear it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a cycle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit, I'm not diagnosing you with OCD, but that's the, that's the root of the OCD cycle. It's like, there's a, a, a fear, a concern, a, uh, 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 and then there's a reassurance and then it's like temporary relief, but then it just loops back. Yes. And it just is this big circle yes. and you know, it, 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 it's exhausting. Yes. So what interrupts the circle is a couple things. When the uh, graspy feeling comes first, greeting it with compassion versus like fire alarms right? Because greeting it with reactivity means you're just going to want to go get the reassurance. Uh It's like, oh my gosh, I'm a heroin addict and I need my hit. Absolutely. That's what the reassurance is. So the first pattern interrupt that you want to do is, okay, I'm greeting this with, whoa, okay, here, here's this need. Here is this like compulsive need for reassurance so I can get relief. Of course. Mm-hmm. We have compassion for it and just noticing it, just really noticing it. And then really asking yourself, okay, what am I believing right now that's creating a need for reassurance? Mm-hmm. So let's answer that question. You can uh, think of any example, but like, what are you generally believing or what are you telling yourself that's creating the need for reassurance? I'm telling myself he's growing tired of me already. Mm. So basically he's going to leave. I'm going to lose this person. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So when that comes in, let's just do a little Byron Katie work and just challenge it and go, is that true? No, no. And what evidence do you have that that's not true? Uh, (laughs) I have tons, (laughs) you know, he reaches out to me all the time, uh, calls me tells me all the time how much he loves me and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and the other reassurance to tell the little girl and the younger parts of you is like that was then this is now this isn't dad this isn't mom this isn't ex-husband this is james or whatever his name is mm-hmm. this is this person and then what you're doing is you're giving yourself the reassurance and relief hit yourself versus having to go to him to get it. And that's really the work here is because it's fine. Like he can, it's, it's, it's always great. Like there's times we have insecurity in relationships or concerns and it's reasonable to go to our partner and it's part of a healthy relationship to be like, I just need a little reassurance or I'm feeling insecure right now. Like that's, that's normal. It's within the range of healthy relationship. But when it's that perpetual loop 
of feeling like, because <gasps> you love them so much that you need the reassurance so you can have the relief and then you can feel love again. Cause it's like, you feel all this love and then all this fear comes in. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, wait, wait. I want to feel the love again. Okay. Let me go get the reassurance. Okay. Now I have the relief. Okay. I can feel love. But then, oh my gosh, this love is so big. Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Oh, let me go get the reassurance. Okay, now I have relief. Mm-hmm. I'll feel love again. Yeah. And that's just the, the hamster wheel that you're in. Right, right. And I, I just feel like oh, I've had so many relationships, like really at my age, I'm 53 years old. Like, come on. That's what? a really compassionate voice. I know. I <laughs> I just I get frustrated with myself. Like, come, really? And I've lived on my own. Yeah. I, I'm fine on my own. I can do this on my own, but yeah. I just, well, I think, you know, you've just given me a great idea. I think from now on, on the podcast, when people call in, I'm just going to get really frustrated with them. <laughs> I'm just going to get really frustrated and I'm just going to be like impatient with them and tell them, oh my God, you've done so much work. What the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> I think that's going to be my new style. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Point taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because when you do that, Michelle, you abandon yourself. You abandon yourself. Okay. You leave yourself in that moment. You're doing to yourself. You're rejecting yourself. You're not making space for your own vulnerability, mm-hmm. your own quote unquote weaknesses. So the very thing that you're so afraid someone's going to do to you, you're doing to yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah. So stop it. <laughs> yeah. Stop it, right. Just exactly. stop it. I, I mean, I, I I appreciate both personally and professionally, it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. But if you can even draw out a loop, draw out the diagram of the loop you get into and find, like draw out little exit routes and have a visual, you know, take a picture of it on your phone and just think about how you can get out of this loop because this is just an ingrained pattern in your brain that's running subconsciously that a lot of that the the belief of this isn't going to work out, I'm going to be left or abandoned, like it's underneath all of that. Mm-hmm. A quick quick question with, with in regards to that. Um I and and I often will spook myself and think to myself, am I going to manifest a breakup with this patterning in my yeah. brain? Yeah. It's so funny. A friend of mine were walking this morning and she was talking about these worst case scenarios she has about something terrible happening to her child. And then she goes, oh my gosh, but I shouldn't think that because then I'm going to manifest a law of attraction. I'm like, look, no one would have children anymore. If every worst case scenario thought a mother had about her child came true. Because it's just like a natural thing that the brain can does. Manifesting is so much deeper than just having a thought. It really comes from our energetics. So if on some level you believe you're not worthy, you're not valuable, you are not capable of relationship, you're not lovable, then yes, you could be likely to attract circumstances where that proves true because that's what you believe. But it sounds to me like you've done a lot of work, like you have a lot of awareness that you've really recovered from the divorce, which probably through therapy or whatever, you probably talked about your parents, multiple marriages and brother leaving as well. Mm -hmm. You have more awareness that you've come into and the simple act of breaking out of this loop and not abandoning yourself will stop that 
energetic attraction of being abandoned. So let me say it another way. You moving into the energetic of breaking that loop it was is a huge act of self-love and okay. self-care. Wow. And not abandoning yourself. So just by you doing that, you're going to get out of that energetic. Okay, great. Okay. I was interviewed on a podcast this past week and the name is Sean Stevenson. The podcast is the Model Health Show. And he was asking me about meeting Steph and having Athena and like, what were the things that drew that in? And I said, well, there are a lot of tangible things that I did and practical things that I could talk about. But one of the biggest shifts, there are two huge shifts. Number one was really surrendering, like not being so attached, like really just surrendering and trusting. But number two, and this was even bigger, was realizing that love, like real love is terrifying. Like think of how much you love your kids, Michelle. Mm-hmm. You could cry. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like when it's painful, <laughs> How much when you really feel love, it's beautiful and amazing. And it's also freaking terrifying. And so we have to just know it's risky and there's going to be stuff that scares us. But when we just go, of course, this is risky. Of course, I have fears. I greet this part with compassion and I love this part of me, but I just don't let it run the show. I see my little hamster wheel. I see the loop that I'm on. I take self-honoring actions to get myself off of it. I stop abandoning myself by criticizing myself. And I allow love to terrify me <laughs> and yeah. fulfill me. It's it's all. If you want to love big, you, it's like all of it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've never looked at it like that. Love is very, very, it can be very scary. Yes, it's very risky. Yes. And then we're looking at it from a more fear-based approach, but let's just be human for a second. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's also amazing and all that is. And in the scheme of things, like we're all one and there is no life or death and it all exists and all. And yes, that's a very like elevated, true spiritual high consciousness place to be. But as a human who attaches to other humans, it's terrifying at times. Mm-hmm. So when we can just honor that and make it real, like you wouldn't shame somebody that's 40 years old, that's never been on a roller coaster. That's getting on like a twirly, twirly upside down roller coaster. Who's a little scared. Exactly. Yeah. You'd be yeah. like, yeah, pretty normal. You're about to get on a really scary roller coaster, mm-hmm. but here's your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. And I got you. So just be with that part of yourself in a gentler way. And the more you are that, and the more you break through the loop, the less you're in the energetic of abandonment. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Does this help? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. I just, I got to a point where I was like, shouldn't I have outgrown this? Like, come on. But yeah. And that voice is the problem, right? Like that voice. Problem. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'll shame myself when I start thinking about it and Mm -hmm. I'll get the reassurance and I'll think about it and I'll be like, stop it now. Right. So when you draw that diagram, I really want you to draw the diagram. 
like in the middle of a circle, I want you to draw the things that keep you in the loop, like shaming, the shame spiral, all that. And then all the exit routes out. So you can really get a picture of what you do to yourself in your head. Mm -hmm. Will you do that? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And enjoy this relationship. It sounds really awesome. I know it's, it is, it's so good. I'm, it's so amazing that, yeah, it's one, <laughs> it's one of the why I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you may even consider at some point sharing this with your partner because it may give him an understanding of just the way you work. And so if you ever do need that reassurance, it can really come he can even understand deeper, like where it's coming from. You know, it's never our partner's job or role to heal us, but they have an active role in understanding our wounding and being able to be compassionate and patient with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely will. I definitely will. Yeah. Up to you. Not a need, just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, I know it'll be well-received, but you know, right now I've, trying well i hate to say but i mean we all know two months in you know, the, yeah. still in our best behavior and, yes. yes you know i don't yes well listen the the beginning stage of a relationship doesn't last long so just enjoy it yeah and i don't mean that in a patronizing way like you're going to have the stuff that comes up i've given you some tools mm-hmm. so have the tools to deal with this stuff that comes up so that it doesn't get in the way of really just letting this in. I will do that. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle, for taking the risk, taking the risk to love, calling in and taking the risk to be vulnerable on this show. This is a conversation that I'm sure was helpful to so many people, including myself. I tend to go into that loop at times and it's something I really had to be mindful of and aware of because that loop is exhausting. I mean, it's like running around the track and going nowhere (laughs) and being like, wait, I've been running for so long, but I haven't really gone anywhere. So it's natural, like I said, to need some reassurance sometimes to want some reassurance from our partner. We all have those insecure moments and it's nice for our partner to go, are you being, you're being silly. I love you. However, it's not our partner's job to deal with our insecurity or our fears or our unresolved anxiety. It's really our job. And I encourage all of you, like I encourage Michelle, draw out a map, draw out that loop. Look at what your mind does in the inner circle, write down the things that keep it going in that loop, and then give yourself some exit routes. No, life itself is often not nearly as hard as our mind makes it. So much of our suffering comes from what we're thinking and what we're choosing to believe. So it makes sense from Michelle's history that she has some, for lack of a better term, abandonment issues. So be compassionate with that part. That's part of how you get off the loop. Because when you are compassionate with them, it's like you separate yourself from them. You go, oh, there you are. Hello. Okay, you're here. And that's one of the exit routes because we don't have compassion. We just go into that reaction and then we're just looking for that external reassurance or we're just going to worst case scenarios in our head. So really draw out that map. Like I have a fear. 
I start to feel anxious about it. I'm going to worst case scenarios. Then I'm reaching out to someone to make me feel better. Then maybe I get the reassurance. I feel temporary relief. I start to feel love again, but then I start to get really scared or things start to go really well again. Then I start to get really scared and you're back in the loop. Okay. So what are the things that perpetuate it? And what are the exit routes? So that's your biggest takeaway from this episode. Draw out that map, get yourself out of the loop of mental suffering. All right, everybody sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe in iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.